You're listening to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. I'm Nicole Holcomb, former teacher and school counselor turned civil rights attorney and podcast host. It wasn't that long ago that we learned the reason that our daughter was struggling to learn to read in first grade was dyslexia. Fast forward four years past many hours of research and collaborating with experts in the field of dyslexia. Now I'm sharing the lessons I have learned that took me from being an overwhelmed mom who didn't understand dyslexia to a go-to mom who is helping hundreds of moms each week through education and collaboration. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies and hacks to help you do the same. If you're feeling alone and lost on your parenting dyslexia journey and you're looking to find a mom who gets it, you're in the right place. Let's jump in and get started. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in and listening to the podcast. Today I am going to start off with uh, sharing a little bit of a story with you. And this story, uh, part of it is about my personal mom journey, uh, a journey of raising a daughter with dyslexia, and talking a little bit about the feelings and the emotions, the overwhelm that I experienced, and hopefully this will help you along your journey as well. So let's start at the beginning. I can recall the exact moment, yes, the exact moment, that we received our daughter's identification four years ago. I can remember the room we sat in. I can remember the people at the table. Um, I don't remember word for word what was said, but I can tell you a lot about like just how I felt at the time and, and really the environment I was in. So as I think back to that and I think back to what transpired after that, when we went home with that lengthy evaluation results and really having to process that, right? Really process, you know, at this stage, when you're at the stage of receiving an evaluation, you know there's concerns, right? Like that's not a surprise. You know that there's some concerns that you have as a family that your child is, is struggling in one or multiple areas. And so, but you know, it, sometimes it's a relief, right, to kind of know what what is it that we're dealing with, so we can make some plans to move forward. Uh, but sometimes it's it's a little bit much, right, to try to understand the language of what's being used, understanding those specific types of testing that are being used, the percentages. It's just it, it's a lot to digest. And so, stepping away from that moment and really taking some time to process what we knew there at that time. And what we didn't. And to be quite honest, it took a few months to get to a space where we knew our next steps. Now, for us personally, we also had recently had a loss in our family. My mother-in-law had had recently passed away. And so we had a lot of transition at the time. Uh, She lived out of state, so there was multiple travel, you know, situations there. And so there were a lot of transitions happening in our family in general, But as it related to what needed to happen next educationally in first grade, it it took us a few months to kind of get our mind around the next steps. In the meantime, though, we our daughter was receiving services. She was receiving private tutoring one day a week. At the time, we thought that's what we needed. Right. So that's what we were doing. One day of speech and one day of reading remediation. Although I think at the time we really just called it reading tutoring. Right. We didn't really know 
the scope of really what all dyslexia looks like and the, the language of it, right? Like there's lots of things you're going to learn along your journey as well. And I have to say during that time period and, and really even today, uh, I spent many hours, many hours reading. And at the early stages of, of my journey, I spent hours reading everything I could find. It could be books, it could be blog posts, it could be articles, several Facebook groups I followed, and especially in my local area, trying to get a grasp on what was available. Talking to educators and reading specialists that we were working with, people in the space that knew more than I did. But at the end of the day, when all that was said and done and all the places I was going, it was up to us as a family to decide what the next step was going to be for our daughter. And I worried. I worried, would we make the wrong decision? This, this next step for us felt like, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe right now, but it felt like chest tightening, <laughs> nausea, just am I as a parent going to make the wrong or right decision that could impact her adult life? And here we are in first grade, right? It was the spring of first grade. That was a heavy lift at that point in time in her education and where we were as a family, thinking through here are our options, but also what that could entail for her and her future. Like I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, we were really thinking through Uh, And sometimes still even today, we're having to do some of that because we honestly, there's going to be stages in your journey where you could get stuck again. And so it it took us, you know, it was many weeks of no action as we were trying to figure this thing out. And like I mentioned a few minutes ago, our daughter was already receiving some reading tutoring. And so we felt like we didn't feel as much of a sense of urgency at that point in time. But as our daughter went into second semester, this was around... um, December, January, February time, like early, early spring, by the time we, we received and, and the eligibility and went to the meeting in December and then rolled through the break and then, you know, started the fall semester, or the, I'm sorry, the spring semester, our daughter started to actually show physical signs of, um, I guess, struggling. There were stomach aches and headaches and she loved school. She had, you know, friends at school. She enjoyed her teachers who were amazing But even though, you know, think back, even though she was young in first grade, uh, and so at the time she wasn't able to tell us why, why she was feeling this way, why, why she was, uh, you know, they would call me from school and say, you know, she's got a stomach ache. She would leave home saying she, she physically was ill. But, you know, when you think about when you're in a class with, there was less than 15 students. I don't remember the exact number, but she was at a really small school. You as the student, you know when you're behind. You know when you look around and look at your peers. You know when you're not able to read even when you're in first grade. And later in life, years later, she she shares some of that with us, which I might do that in a future podcast. It's not really, um, you know, on, on topic today what we're talking about. But, you know, when you think about being in a situation that's maybe even new to you and having kind of those feelings of, you know, uh, knowing less than others or struggling to learn a new topic. Uh, you know, we've all been there, right? But for her, she was showing some really, you know, some really different signs than we had seen in the in the first semester. 
So today I can I can give, you know, I can give all the emotions we were feeling at the time, specifically what I was feeling at the time, a name. Quite honestly, I was overwhelmed. And there were times that my body let me know that, right? And I, I didn't say, oh, this must be what's going on. Like, it's, it's years later that I'm able to really kind of get a grasp of these things. But I know now that I was feeling overwhelmed. I was feeling physically nause- nauseated, uh, with having headaches, uh, feeling just desperation, you know, that I I was... Was I making the right decisions? Was Were we doing the things that needed to be done for her, for services, for schools? You know, what were we needing to do so that, quite honestly, I didn't want to fail her. I didn't want to put her in a position where she was going to, to fail. So I know when you learn your child is dyslexic, you may also experience some feelings of overwhelm. And it could and will, most likely, look very different than mine. But... Those feelings of overwhelm has us all over the place sometimes. And sometimes you may experience this, we did, is as you get other identifications later on, it could be ADHD or dysgraphia or struggling with executive functioning, that can send you all back into those feelings of overwhelm again. So I will share with you, I've been there more than once. (laughs) And it's not a great feeling, but it is part of, you know, just how we're made, part of our emotional um makeup, I guess you will say. So the first thing I want you to think about is, you know, how are you currently thinking about dyslexia? How are you currently thinking about maybe other diagnoses or identifications that your child has? How are you taking that information in? Let me give you a couple examples, though, of signs that you have now moved into this emotional state of being overwhelmed. So you may experience tension headaches. You may actually isolate yourself from others. You may feel angry, you may be agitated, annoyed, or frustrated. You may have times where you have some negative self-talk, especially if you're the parent that is dyslexic or you believe you might be dyslexic, maybe you're not identified. And so you may have that negative talk. You may have it because you're a mom, right? (laughs) You may have it because you're like, I can't get this right. I'm going to mess this up, like all the things. And it could quite frequently also uh, throw off your sleep, your sleep patterns. You may sleep way too much. You may not sleep much at all, but you may do that anyway, right? Like it just depends on what your current sleep habits are. But if you see a pattern that is off, okay, so maybe you're the type that you need five or six hours of sleep, but now you find yourself wanting to sleep all the time, right? So it's when you think about your sleep patterns, it's different than what it has been, like your what you consider kind of your normal in quotes, right? Sleeping patterns. You could have a lack of focus and motivation. And more likely than not, if you're overwhelmed, you have a feeling of avoidance. You just don't want to make anything. You just don't want to make any type of decision, rather. So you're left feeling that there's just too much to do as quickly as possible, or you're stuck trying to decide the right or wrong way to help your child. Let me describe the scene for you. You search all the options. There's so much information out there. I mean, the internet is great. It's good and bad, right? Because not all the information you're going to come across on a blog, on a website, is accurate, So you have to be careful. Now, is some of it accurate? Absolutely. If you're on the International Dyslexia Association page, you you can bet that's accurate information. But if you're on other resources, 
sometimes you may get misinformation. You might not know where to start. So your overwhelm ends in you not being able to make any decision to move forward. You're just kind of paralyzed. But you're not alone. I've been there, like I said earlier, multiple times. So trying to learn about dyslexia, I I envision this too, trying to learn more about dyslexia and you have all the tabs open on your computer, right? So you're on one site and it references something else and you click to that and now the next thing you know, you've got 10 tabs open, right? And so now you've become where you're, that analysis of information has turned into paralysis. You just can't do anything. So where should you begin if you have these feelings of overwhelm where it just seems like there's just too much to do too quickly and you're not sure what needs to be done, but you know your child is dyslexic or they have, uh, you know, maybe another identification that is now more pronounced and you, you need to figure out your next steps on services or how can you adjust things at home to best support your child? It feels very urgent. It feels like I can't do this quick enough. And then you get stuck in that, am I doing it right or wrong? Like, how do I begin? What do I start? So I want to talk to you for a few minutes about where you could begin. Well, first, this is what I want you to do. The very first step before you do anything else, if you believe you fall in the, this category of overwhelm. And if you're not there right now, please continue to listen because at some point in time on your journey, you may be here and you may want to come back and re-listen to this episode When I think about overwhelm, though, these are some things that I tell moms. The first thing I would say to do right this moment is to breathe. You may think, well, that's funny. I'm, I'm breathing, obviously. But I'm serious about this. Taking some really deep breaths and even counting to 10, right? In and out, in and out. When you take in some really deep breaths, it, it, not only gets that oxygen going to your brain, but it gives you a moment to settle for you to kind of collect yourself. And, you know, it's funny because I have an Apple watch and sometimes like if I get anxious about something or maybe there's a lot going on and I'm running around doing things, it will actually alert me and say, it's time to breathe. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And it'll actually take me through a routine of breathing. And so the first thing I would say, if you're having those feelings of overwhelm, you've got that, that, you know, kind of, I don't know, a kicking your gut, uh, a feeling of nausea, a feeling of just chest tightening. You just, it just, you feel, you know what it feels like. You just have that physical feeling of being overwhelmed. You need to stop and take some breaths and, and get yourself centered first. Then the second thing you need to do is decide on the next step. This isn't deciding on a whole plan. You know, I have that in the Dyslexia Battle Blueprint where I walk moms through a plan and really unpack where they are and where we're going with our children. This, though, is the very beginning of that, which is really deciding the next step. So if you're in overwhelm, you can't make a five-year plan or a five-month plan. You have to make a plan for today. So I want you to think about one small step each day. So today, what can you do? And then the next day, you wake up and think, okay, what's the next step? And you know what? I'll I'll give you a little secret here, a little spoiler alert. If you keep doing that day in and day out, guess what? You keep moving, you will make progress. You'll look back in a week, you'll look back in a month, you'll look back in three months, and you would have accomplished 
lots of things. And you can do this in any area of your life. But when we're thinking about being overwhelmed and making decisions about our children and what they need when they're in crisis and they're struggling, and you feel physically overwhelmed, then after you take your breath, and you might have to do that obviously more than once, then as you decide on what is the step you're going to take today. So let me give you an example. Maybe today, your first step is making a copy of your child's evaluation, and you're reading it, and you're highlighting terms, uh, or maybe even whole sections that you don't understand. So maybe you're going back through it again and trying to digest it. And I will tell you, a first-time read of your child's evaluation, unless you're skilled in that area, I mean, unless that's what you do for a living, it is going to take you multiple times. I can even now go back to my daughter's first grade evaluation and still continue to unpack things. You see something different every time looking at it from different perspectives. And then two, as far as how is your mindset, how are you feeling at the time that you do that makes a difference. And then, so you've done that, right? So you've got that done. And then tomorrow, maybe you reach out and ask some clarifying questions about the evaluation. Maybe it's a recent evaluation. Maybe it's not. And you're like, I was kind of stuck on this piece here. I'm not really understanding it. Is that something that you can help me with? And maybe the next day you spend an hour really diving into that recommendation section. What are they saying are the recommendations that your child needs based on what the results were of the evaluation? Let me give you a word of advice, though. Don't overcomplicate this. You want to keep it simple, and you want to do one thing, one step at a time. Don't try to highlight the terms and then reach out to someone and then follow up with a question and then dive into the recommendations and then have a list there unless you are at the point you can do all that. But if you are at the point where you have that overwhelming feeling and you feel paralyzed to move and to move on, you are going to need to take it one step at a time. Okay. Now the next one, I think number three is, is so essential, which is you've taken your breath. You've decided on the next step for just today. And you might, you're going to do that every day for the next couple of days until it kind of gets more of a pattern and a routine, or you get to a place where you've completed what you need to have done as it relates to getting your child on track for what they need to start making some real progress and remediating their dyslexia or providing them with services if they need counseling services, occupational therapy, whatever it might be. So once you get that done, and that may take a week, it may take a month, I don't know. It depends on what you need and where you are. And that was just an example. So your first step might look different tomorrow. Your first step may be contacting your child's teacher, right? The second step may be setting up a meeting. So wherever you are, the point of number two was taking it one step at a time. That is very manageable and it helps you feel accomplished and it helps your brain feel accomplished so that it doesn't throw you into that, that area of overwhelm and crisis, right? So number three is going to help immensely, which is to, if you haven't already, to identify your tribe. You are going to need support. You will need to ask for help. So if you're like me and you're a type A and you pretty much do it all, <laughs> this is a time where we have to step back and we have to step back and ask for help. And I will raise my hand that I am not great at this even now. So, but when I do, it's amazing because you know what? People want to help us. People want to help you. People care about you. So let's talk about the type of people you might want in your tribe. These are just suggestions to kind of get you brainstorming about this. The first person I think about that I would want in my tribe would be someone um, 
they, that's educated about dyslexia, right? It could be that it's your reading specialist, your psychologist, and you know, an educator, or it could be a group of people. Maybe you've got multiple people you're working with, depending on what your needs are, right, for your child. You're going to want someone that you can talk through options with, you can make a plan with, that you can really talk about, and, and you're going to need these people that understand dyslexia and understand the nuances of it. That's one of the first most essential people that you're going to need in your tribe or in your community, however you want to call that. The second person is someone, this is for you, someone who makes you laugh and is there when you need emotional support. This is the person that is there for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Now, this person doesn't necessarily need to know everything about uh, dyslexia or everything about raising a child that has, you know, particular needs that are different than others. It's not about someone that understands neurodiversity. If you're even, you know, if you even know what that term means, it, it just needs to be someone that is invested in you that you can lean on and laugh with and who is there for what you need. The third person I think about is someone who can hold you accountable and be honest with you. So I have some people like that. And when I'll, you know, kind of, and sometimes I'll be honest, I regret calling them. I'm like, oh, I wish they hadn't told me that. But as I reflect back, the, 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 uh, the loving challenge or criticism <laughs> helps me to get perspective. So you need someone that can call you out, that can call you out and say, mm, have you thought about it this way? Or I think you're being overly critical. Or it's going to be hard, though. Those, those people <laughs> that you choose to be your accountability people and to be brutally honest with you, that is sometimes very difficult because sometimes that person also is not a person that is as familiar with dyslexia. And so it, it feels a little isolating. But you need that person to be part of your tribe to help you uh, really push you and to help you think of all your options. So those are just a couple. You may have others that you want to add, but those are some things that just kind of get you started. So I want to leave with, leave you with this, though. If you need support to get out of that overwhelm, if you want to start taking that next step, reach out to me for a coffee chat. I'm setting those up. They're about 15 minutes, and it just gives us an opportunity to kind of chat about where you are and what you need next and kind of help you identify what that looks like. And I want to also remind you that if you did not get a copy of our free Dyslexia Battle Blueprint, A Beginner's Guide, if you haven't received that yet, you're going to want to go to dyslexiamomlife.com to grab your copy today. And remember, you got this. You are not alone. If you want to join other amazing moms raising children with dyslexia, then join our Dyslexia Mom Life podcast community. That's in Facebook. It's a Facebook group. It's a safe space. It's a place for you to connect with other moms raising children with dyslexia, to connect with podcast guests, many of them are in there, and with me. So today, friend, take a deep breath, identify your next step, and build your tribe. Bye for now. Have a great week. <laughs>